Hey, guys, look, I'm wearing my Alan Jackson shirt on the YouTube video. For concert. The concert was last Friday, and it was amazing. Whatever your feelings are about country music, man, Alan Jackson. A gem. He just seemed like such a genuinely good dude, which made me happy. And Lauren was overjoyed. I took the best, and videos. the best, happiest picture of her that I've ever seen. It's and it's the like, sweetest I love it. I've ever seen. It also makes me want to take her to just a million yeah. concerts and just watch her. Yeah. Like, there's so many videos where she's videoing the stage and, and I'm like just, watching her. And she's she's just, so cute. Yeah. God, she's so happy. Hey, this is the Witch's Magic Murder oh. Mystery Podcast. I'm Kara. <laughs> I'm Megan. <laughs> uh, do we have any, Oh, there's new merch in the store if oh, you gosh, yes. didn't know that already. Lots of people have been snatching it up. Yeah, so much so that we ran out of crop tops. Yeah, well, we the the crop top they're out of stock, so I took all the crop tops down. We plan to bring them back because we love them. Yeah, I, and there've been a few of you who are like, I don't wear crop tops, which I understand. I support totally it. Yeah. You do you, but these are really great crop tops because they're not short. No, they come yeah. down to your they're meet and greets. They're meet and greets, right? They mat they meet right at your the top of your jeans. Yeah, and they look pretty cute. Okay, let's get this out of the Party way. Sir. Get the party started on a Saturday night. The woman I'm about to tell you about, her name is spelled G-U-L-I-E-L-M-A. And if I hadn't already heard it said, I would definitely have pronounced that like Gilelma or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but instead, this time, I 100% know. You Googled it. How to pronounce it. Julielma. That G is like a J. That's what I'm doing, baby. Julielma. It just rolls off the tongue. Spelling it the same way. Um, Found it. Okay, like I'm 95% sure at least. That's fine. It's possible the person who I overheard it from said it wrong. But Julielma makes so much more sense. It really does. It sounds like a name. Regardless, she goes by Elma anyway, so we don't really have to worry about it. I basically just wanted to impress all of you with my pronunciation skills. really good. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so good at words. Yeah, okay, so it's 1799. My favorite time. We're going. <laughs> we're going way, way back. July, New York City. John Adams is president. Wow. Thomas Jefferson is vice president. Incidentally, James Garrett is the governor of Kentucky. How fun! And Lancaster, which is my hometown, uh-huh. is in Garrett County, which was named for James Garrett. James Garrett. What? I don't think he ever lived there or anything. It's just that the county was formed. In his first year of being governor, so they named it after him. How fun is that? Not that it has anything to do with this story at all. James Garrett, Kentucky, nothing. No. 1799. Okay. Okay. A 22-year-old woman named Julie Elma Sands Mm -hmm. uh, was living on Greenwich Street in New York with her cousin, Catherine Ring. Okay. Elma's father had been a Quaker preacher, and he had already passed away by this time. Gotcha. And then her mother was still living. She'd never remarried. But they just said she was not well. So Catherine, I'm sorry, Elma didn't live with her. So by the time Elma was 19, her mother was in such poor health, Elma could no longer live with her. And that's why she moved in with Catherine and her husband, Elias. They were Quakers and they owned a boarding house. I feel like Elias is a Quaker's name. Completely. Mm -hmm. So they all lived there in the boarding house along with the other boarders, obviously. I think the Rings also owned a couple little shops and things. And so... Little mercantiles. Yeah, Elma worked in there too. So sometimes Catherine and Elias are described as Elma's aunt and uncle, but from the court records, it does seem like cousins more accurate. Basically, they were distant relatives, and I think it happened so long ago, it's hard to like keep yeah. it straight. Catherine's sister Hope, who would also be Elma's cousin, lived there in the boarding home as well. So Elma was described as beautiful and high spirited, and there is a quote by one another cousin. 
who said, I always thought her disposition rather too gay for a friend. And I was like, for a friend? What, what are you mean? talking about? She's too happy to be your friend? She's and then I realized mm-hmm. they're talking about Quakers. Quakers yeah. are called friends. Yeah. This took me a minute, you know? Hot second. So in July of 1799, after Elma had been living with the rings for three years, she's 22 now, and a young carpenter named Levi Weeks moved in. Another Quaker name. He had moved to New York from Massachusetts in order to work with his brother, Ezra Weeks, who was Ezra. I know. Well, it's also 1799. Yeah, that's true. So Ezra was a prominent citizen and one of New York's most successful builders. So he was kind of, you know, well-known and pretty wealthy. They were business partners. So basically, Ezra would design a building and then Levi would build it. One thing I read was like, Ezra's the brains, Levi's the brawn of the relationship. It didn't take long for the other boarders in the house to start noticing Levi and Elma. They spend a lot of time together. Mm. They started gossiping. The other boarders did. Of course they did. I mean, (laughs) that's what they do. What else do you have to do? And they're like, they're together in Elma's room a lot. With the door locked, they're reading. Well, if they were reading, mm-hmm. they were real excited about what they were reading. They were. And maybe they were reading it out loud. Probably. To each other. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they were like. Getting really excited. You're really good at reading. <laughs> You're doing a great job with the I reading. love how you. This is. This is word. some good. It's Spill good. it out. Mm. <laughs> because apparently the other boarders would sometimes hear noises. Oh coming from that room the walls so they're doing it you know yeah. doing it and doing it and doing it well <laughs> he represent queen she was raised out yeah. in brooklyn yeah. <laughs> that part's not true don't worry that's l.o cool j look it up god's the best song on, that is like weirdly the second time that song has randomly come up in my life in the past week i'm not i'm not mad about it so naturally this was unacceptable behavior for an unmarried couple in 1799 so everyone it was was? was wrong and everyone's like well they're obviously gonna get married that's like the only logical conclusion yeah why would um because again everyone knew they're having sex i put knocking boots just just so we can have that that moment again somebody's rocking knocking the boots at what point are y'all gonna be like megan you can't make that joke every time just enough and then i'm like it's I don't think podcast. they would do that to us. No, our true. listeners love us. It's true. So this goes on for a few months. And then in the fall of 1799, Elma is not doing so great. Oh, no. She's kind of sick a lot and moody. Oh, no. Do you? I mean. I've never felt that no. in my life, especially recently. <laughs> She's kind of down. Yeah. It was so bad that she'd even mentioned suicide to her cousin, oh, Catherine. Yeah. And she talked about. Like overdosing on laudanum. Oh, wow. So it wasn't great. Levi was not doing so great either. He was super emotional and like combative. You could just tell he was under a lot of stress. He started having like run-ins with some of the other boarders. He was just real like argumentative and yeah. So people suspected that Elma might be pregnant, Mm -hmm. which would explain her sickness and the mood swings along with Levi's agitation and stress, Right. right? And then things changed suddenly Mm -hmm. elma was really happy overjoyed even like she was just all of a sudden just this better mood you know and so she told hope her cousin catherine's sister Mm -hmm. that she and levi were going to run away together Mm -hmm. and get married Mm -hmm. your face (laughs) kira's face is like 
I don't feel like this is going to end well. <laughs> I don't feel like that happened. She even had a is date. A carriage involved mm-hmm. in a bowling bag. No. Okay. No. Okay. Poor Pearl. Poor Pearl, Brian, you guys. It's the same kind of energy, though, where, okay, so Levi Weeks, he's a boarder living in a boarding mm-hmm. house, but his brother Ezra is pretty wealthy. Mm-hmm. And they're business partners, so you know Levi is like, on his way up. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily anything like it doesn't really say a lot about their economic situation. They were living in a boarding house because apparently at this time New York had grown so quickly after we became a country. That's kind of what you did. Yeah, there just wasn't like enough to handle all the people mm-hmm. living there. So boarding houses were pretty common. And just like with Pearl Bryan, the guy she was dating, you know, he was gonna be a doctor and he mm-hmm. was like, you know, saw himself as right higher than she was. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Levi saw himself that way, but I believe Ezra, his brother, oh, saw. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, sure. Ezra was already wealthy and it. like well-known and prominent. Yeah. So it's that same kind of dynamic because Elma was the son of a Quaker. I mean, <laughs> it's a whole preacher. different story. Yeah. <laughs> she was the daughter of a Quaker preacher and just didn't have the same status. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. That's the murder of Pearl Bryan, which is, I don't know, it's an early episode. All right. So she even had a date for this wedding. It was going to be on the evening of December 22nd, which was a Sunday. Okay. And she made Hope promise not to tell anyone. Hope was good. She and um, like helped Elma like plan and think, and, you know, they're all excited oh, yeah. leading up to the wedding. And Hope kept the secret for a couple weeks. But then finally she breaks down and tells Catherine and... On the day before the wedding, Catherine talks to Elma and she's like, have a proper wedding. Don't run right. off. I mean, they're Quakers. I'm sure there's, I don't know, anything. <laughs> the whole friend thing took me by surprise. There's like rituals. <laughs> I know nothing, but I'm sure there's some yeah. sort of like, they'd rather you have a proper wedding. But Elma was like, no, no, no. Levi wants this to be a secret. And so Catherine didn't push it. Elma was obviously thrilled to be marrying Levi. And on the evening of December 22nd, Catherine even helped Elma get ready for the big event. So we're on the evening of the wedding. Mm -hmm. Levi waits by the front door while Elma's upstairs getting dressed. It's cold outside. So um, we're talking New York in December. Right. It's so cold. So Elma borrows a muff from one of the other neighbors. Catherine and Hope give them their privacy, right? So remember, they're not supposed to know about the wedding. So they can't like be down there like, hey, where are you going? What are y'all doing? Have fun. You know, they, so they... Just sort of let them have their privacy. They don't actually see them off. Mm -hmm. But they, around 8 p.m., they hear footsteps come down the stairs, some whispers by the door, and then the door opens and closes. So they're like, okay, they're gone. A couple hours go by, and around 10 p.m., the door to the Rings boarding house opens, and Levi walks in. He's like, where's Elma? Yeah. Catherine's like, "Uh huh? But then she also knew it was supposed to be a secret. Right. So she thought maybe Levi was just trying to put on some sort of act, mm-hmm. pretending that he and Elma hadn't been out together that night. And then Elma doesn't come home at all that night or the next morning. Ooh. And then we get into late the next day. And finally, Catherine is like, Levi, look, we, we know what's going on. Yeah. Where's Elma? I know you all went to get married. She told me about the secret engagement. What's up? Where's she yeah. at? And Levi's like, what? engaged how dare you married you say i wasn't even with her last night don't you remember how i came in late and i was looking for her (laughs) don't you remember that like i asked questions i wasn't here if she had he's like if she left with me she would have returned with me 
According to Levi, he and Alma weren't engaged and had no plans to marry. Oh. And he says, you know, we had an argument last night and we ended up like just going our separate ways. I went out without her and I just figured I'd see her when I got home. That's why it was so confusing to me when I got back here last night. She wasn't here. Mm, Funny. He's like, I would never marry someone without my brother's blessing. Mm, Really? And now Catherine's like, what is happening? Yeah. And she doesn't know. It's like her whole reality has shifted, right? Because she's been operating on this one conclusion and had no reason. Like everyone knew they were having a sexual relationship at the very least. And there's just no reason to not believe that they were going to get married. Yeah. And so all she really knows for sure is that Elma's missing. So now there's a well, it's called the Manhattan Well, and it's located near Green and Spring Streets in what we now call Soho. Hmm, I love that area. Yeah. And right around the time that Catherine confronts Levi, a boy goes to get water from the well, and he finds a muff there. Oh, no. Takes a little bit of time, but eventually that muff is identified as the one that Elma had been wearing the evening she disappeared. This discovery leads some people to come forward saying that on the night of December 22nd, they had heard a woman cry, murder, and Lord help me, from somewhere near the Manhattan well. But apparently, nobody went to investigate. Okay. I guess even then, it's like, don't get involved. (laughs) This isn't any of our business. Just some woman needing help. You know how women are. But Hysterical. For some reason... It took a week before Elias Ring and a few other people went to the well to search for Elma. So they called this sounding the well, which at first I thought was some kind of typo. And I looked it up. Yeah. All that means is that it's like they used to sound wells by taking poles and sticking them down oh, and yeah, see how yeah. deep they were. So that's basically they did that to see oh. if anything was in the well. And on January 2nd, 1800, they find the body of Elma Sands at the bottom of the well. She was bruised and beaten. Her neck seemed to be broken. Oh Her clothes were torn. You know, it's, she's been dead a little while yeah. and been in the water the whole time. Oh. So it's hard to say whether the injuries were before right. she died or after. Like, maybe she was thrown in the well and got bruised on the way mm-hmm. down, you know? So the coroner ends up determining that this is a murder. It was a common Quaker tradition back then to have a public viewing of the body when someone dies. And so Catherine and everybody put Elma's body, they had put her in a coffin and then had the coffin open inside the home. And so many people came to see Elma's body that then they decided they needed to move her outside onto the street to accommodate the crowds. People were outraged. Within a week, Levi is indicted for the murder of Elma Sands. So we are about to learn about the very first murder trial of the United States for which there is a public record. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all Mm -hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, Uh T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top-of-the-line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. 
So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh my we gosh, got a so exciting. and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so bright. Handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over. The wind power on this thing is intense. It's wild. Like I turned it up. I was like, let's play with these buttons. Okay. So it has three magnetic styling attachments. They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's going to be so tangled. Not with this one. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now, you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market. Created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. Gentlemen of the jury, I'm curious. Bear with me. Are you aware that we're making history? (laughs) This is the first murder trial of our brand new nation, the liberty behind deliberation. I intend to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt with my assistant counsel, co-counsel, Hamilton, sit down. Our client, Levi Weeks, is innocent. <gasps> Call your first witness. It's that trial. Hamilton. It's that trial. Oh, my God. That's why I was so excited, and I couldn't wait to tell you. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Here's the deal. We're still such a new country in 1800. We still did things the English way. Right. Hey, Rachel. Rachel can never stop listening to this podcast. No, I thought about that the other day. People are going to be... <laughs> we make so many jokes and talk to Rachel so much on this podcast. Rachel, you got to stick with this. Yeah. Anyway, so that means that in criminal cases, the victim would act as prosecutor mm-hmm. and the defendant would defend himself. So having a defense attorney in a criminal case just wasn't... That's not right. what attorneys did back mm-hmm. then. So Levi Weeks hires Alexander Hamilton oh and gosh. Aaron Burr as his attorneys along with a fella named Brockholst Livingston, which is like the most pretentious name I've ever heard oh, for sure. Thomas Jefferson would actually appoint 
Rockhost Livingston to the U.S. Supreme Court later. Ooh. Like I said, Hamilton and Burr weren't typically defense attorneys, but really, no one was back then. To say that Levi has an impressive legal team would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. These That's were the best attorneys in the country. If you want anybody on your case, it would have been those two. Right. And of course, they weren't cheap. But it's assumed that Ezra, Levi's brother, the builder, would oh, um, okay. he's the one that helped secure the legal team. So Hamilton had actually been a client of Ezra's. Ezra had designed a home for Hamilton, and Hamilton still owed, owed him money for it. So Ezra called in a favor, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Burr, he w- it was like a election year and he was going to run mm-hmm. for president, you know. So they think that might be why he got involved because it was such a high-profile trial. Mm-hmm. And also the well that she was found in, Alexander co-founded the company that built the well. And Burr built the road that led up to the well. So they may have just had like personal interest in sort of right. keeping tabs mm-hmm. on what was going on. But in Hamilton's biography written by his grandson... He said that Hamilton thoroughly believed in Levi's innocence and would never have taken the case if he didn't. Of course, Elma was not alive to act as prosecutor. Yeah. So an attorney represented her case. His name was Mm -hmm. Cadwallader Colden. (laughs) Cadwallader. I love that. And well, there you go. Cadwallader. Let's just name her that. Perfect. Settled. Katie. Yeah. Sure. And he would go on to become New York City's mayor and a congressman. Wow. Mm -hmm. With that name, how could you not? Seriously. Now, a panel of 34 jurors is selected. Unlike today, where the jury selection is, you know, handled by the lawyers, back Mm -hmm. then, the defendant was in charge of jury selection. So, as the name of each potential juror is read out, Levi can, like, choose. Yeah, accept them or strike them. All 12 of the jurors who were eventually selected were businessmen of one kind of another. So there are no women on the trial. Mm-hmm. Having said that, um, that's not necessarily Levi's fault. It was required that only male landowners with property worth at least $250 were permitted to serve on a jury. Oh, gotcha. So as far as the whole jury of your peers thing, if you're a woman, particularly a poor woman. Where's that at? Those aren't your peers. No. Okay. Anyway, these were his peers, though, so whatever. The trial begins on March 30th, 1800. This was, as I said, the first major criminal trial of the new country. You've got a sensational murder, a young woman murdered on her wedding night. You've got a defendant with connections. Right. And you've got a defendant with connections to a powerful Newark citizen. Yeah. And your two defense attorneys are basically celebrities. Yeah. And then the body had been on public display for everyone to see. Yes. So while the trial is going on inside City Hall, an angry mob was outside. You could hear them chanting, crucify him. Oh, crucify him. Wow. Now, earlier, like after their client was arrested, like back in January, so a couple months prior to the trial, Hamilton and Burr, you know how Hamilton's a big writer? They had released an op-ed in the New York Daily Advertiser, basically trying to to sway public opinion Mm -hmm. for their client, right? And they're basically like, listen, don't prejudge this case and it kind of admonished readers for trying levi in the court of public opinion and they're like he is innocent until proven guilty they said prior to this indictment levi weeks did not fit the profile of a murderer since he had earned a solid reputation as a moral sober industrious amiable young man with no conceivable temptation to perform such an atrocious action wow hamilton's a good writer He really is. The prosecution's case basically relied on the following. Okay. So there were plenty of witnesses that said Levi and Elma had had a sexual relationship. 
based on everything I mentioned at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The idea is that Alma was pregnant and Levi did not want to marry her. And the only way he saw out of the situation get rid of her. was to get rid of her. As it turns out, Alma was not pregnant. Oh. Now, could she have thought she was pregnant? Sure. So it still could be yeah. there as a motive, but she wasn't. Also, no one ever formally announced. Remember, they just That's guessed true. she was pregnant yeah. based on how she was acting and how he was acting. It's also like maybe she was upset because she wanted to get married. He maybe did. he didn't, you know. And then maybe her mood changed because he was like, fine, let's go get married. Right. So maybe she was pregnant or thought she was pregnant. Or maybe that never had anything to do with it. Right. The whole thing about Elma telling Hope that Levi had promised to marry her, that wasn't actually admitted into trial. The reason why is because they called Catherine on the stand and she was about to testify to it and Burr objected. And he was like, this is hearsay, which turned out to be true. So they weren't able. She didn't directly tell her. They weren't able to call that into court. The prosecution also brought forth witnesses who said Levi and Elma had left the boarding house together the night she disappeared. Although when pressed, they had to admit, okay, well, we didn't actually see them leave together. We just heard. We just heard it. And we thought they left together. Okay. But maybe they didn't. When Levi was asked to identify the body, he kind of, he seemed to already know where it had been found. He was like, oh, was she found near the well? Which that made everybody, they made a big deal about that. Lastly, remember how someone had heard those cries of murder and Lord help Mm -hmm. me near the well that night that she disappeared? People had also seen a one horse sleigh led by a dark horse with no bells traveling away from the area. Now, they noticed it mostly because the horse was moving. Dashing like, it was just snow. going really fast. Yes, but zero bells. <laughs> zero jingles. <laughs> yeah, when I read it, I was like, one horse sleigh. What is that? All right. Yeah, jingle bells. Yeah. So, um, the horse was going so fast. And because the sleigh had no bells, which was unusual because this is 1800. Yeah. We don't have light bulbs yet. Yeah. So, it's you dark. Yeah. It is dark at night in New York. They needed the bells, and this sleigh didn't have any. Hmm. Now... Levi didn't have a sleigh like this, but Ezra did. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. And there were also witnesses who said they saw Ezra's sleigh go out that night. And others said that they had seen a sleigh. Now, they didn't say it was the exact same one. They just said, we saw a sleigh near the well containing two men and a woman. And those three people were never identified. Of course, the suggestion is that that's Levi, Ezra, and Elmer. Right. So the case is completely circumstantial. There's no direct evidence yeah. that Levi killed Elma. But remember how we talked about circumstantial evidence? We have this tendency to be like, it's circumstantial and throw it out. Yeah. But I, it's still part of a bigger picture. Right. So it's not nothing. And then here come Hamilton and Burr, sir, with the defense <laughs> and the other guy who, you know, you're not in the musical. Oswald. So. <laughs> Living Scotswald. <laughs> no, that was her lawyer. Oh, yeah, yeah. The prosecuting attorney. Something. So, Byrd did the opening statement. Hamilton handled the witnesses. Obviously, they argued that the case had been prejudiced by all the public yeah. outrage, having the body laid out for public viewing and all that. And then they had counterattacks for all the prosecution's witnesses. One of the star witnesses for the prosecution had been this guy named Richard David Croucher. Mm-hmm. And Levi's attorneys spent a lot of time talking about how Levi and Richard had never gotten along anyway. Like Richard just didn't like Levi. So it's like they had a lot of run-ins together. Yeah. And apparently after she had disappeared, but before the trial, Richard had been going around to people really talking about like trying to convince them all. Like he, it's almost like he was talking about it too much, you know, just like, let it go. But it's like, yeah, you know, Levi, he was supposed to marry her. They went out Mm -hmm. that night. 
Then there was also this suggestion that Richard was jealous of Levi, like that he'd been interested in Elma and he was like mad because Elma liked Levi instead of him. Ooh, gotcha. Now, the thing is, I don't know how much of that is true. I just know that is the case that Hamilton and Burr presented. Yeah. Witnesses also came forward to say that Levi had been with Ezra and others at Ezra's home on the evening of December 22nd. So he couldn't have been with Elma and he couldn't have been anywhere near the well. Apparently, it was Levi's habit to go to Ezra's house every evening in order to discuss work plans for the following day. And so Ezra's like, and that's what he did. He showed up. Now, when he got here, I was busy at the time. So he left for like 15 minutes. Yeah, but then he came back. It, that was it. He's back. No big deal. But both sets of attorneys did a quick check to see. And you could get to the well and back from Ezra's house in 15 minutes. Hmm. But it would it's just 15 minutes. So it has to be pretty perfect. I don't know. In uh, the dark, there's no traffic. There's no people to stop you. True. And you're flying on that mm-hmm. horse if all the you sightings got no are bells. On top of all of this, there were witnesses who stated that Ezra's sleigh had not gone out that night at all. And when they questioned the, the horse, one, like something, <laughs> they brought the horse up. It's a nay. <laughs> nay, I did not go out. When they asked, like, one of the women who had seen, she was like, I totally saw Ezra's sleigh go out that night. When they really pressed her, she kind of fell apart. She couldn't be sure of the day that she saw the horse and the sleigh. So that messed things up. I mean, there's a reason Hamilton and Burr are great lawyers. Yeah. So Burr explained away Levi's apparent knowledge of where the body was found by reminding everyone, well, they found her muff near the well. And he knew that. So it's only logical that the body was there. That he would be like, oh, did they find her body there too? Mm-hmm. And I that was the part that really bothered me. And then I read that and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Good that point. could okay. be true. So but- then they start offering other possibilities. They were like, you know what? Elma could have been a laudanum addict. Laudanum was like a type of opiate. Oh, yeah. um, and they're like, you know, she could have made it all the way to the well in the dark by herself. Let's look at some of the other men in her life. They really start talking about Elma. Tearing apart. I mean, they're just like, she was promiscuous. Mm-hmm. She could have had relationships with any another, uh, any number of men living in that boarding home. Think of it. You're all, you're in a boarding home all together. They, anybody can come in and out. Anybody. They even, there were even some people who said they had seen Elias, which was Catherine's husband, coming in and out of Elma's room at odd hours, mm-hmm. which if true is problematic. And would also give him a motive, mm-hmm. particularly if he thought maybe she was That's pregnant. That's what I was about to say. Um, so, <laughs> not great. No. They also talked about, she had, remember how she was like depressed and she talked about yep. suicide and they were like, maybe this is suicide. But then someone screamed murder and Lord help me. Lord help me. And nobody disputes that, that those yeah. screams happened. Okay. Like there were several witnesses. Basically, they're saying if Elma was romantically involved with multiple lovers, there'd be several suspects with their own reasons and opportunity to kill her. So anyway, the trial lasted two days. Now, back then, this was a very long trial. Yeah. Of course, now, you know, murder trials last forever. But back then, having a trial that lasted two days was unheard of. Right. It ends at two o'clock in the morning. Jeez. And at the end, Hamilton's like, we don't even want to give a closing statement. We don't even need to. Mm-hmm. Which was seen as this, like, very, it just, yeah, and it just showed how solid their case was, Mm -hmm. right? Like, we don't, the witnesses have done our job for Mm -hmm. us. We don't even need to say anything else. And people were like, dang, that's cool. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) That's what I thought when I read it anyway. I was like, wow. I didn't take note of that. Yeah. (laughs) 
So then the judge turns it over to the jury. And when he did, he basically is like, just so you know, um, this case is entirely circumstantial. You don't have enough evidence to prove anything against Levi Weeks. <gasps> the judge said that? Yeah. He didn't go so far as to say, like, he didn't direct the verdict. Yeah. But I mean, it was like highly suggestive. I think that you can't say yeah. he's guilty. And that was later widely criticized. Yeah. But also, it's not completely improper. I mean, I feel like I've heard judges do this before, well, but they just kind of like, remind you this is of how it works. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, he was widely criticized because, I mean, again, public opinion was like, Levi Weeks is guilty. Mm -hmm. The jury deliberated for, guess how long? Two seconds. Five minutes. <laughs> Five minutes. And they found him not guilty. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, even though he was acquitted, Levi was generally ostracized due to the strong oh, yeah. public opinion For against sure. him. He had to leave New York. <laughs> he eventually settled in Natchez, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. We've talked about Natchez, the Natchez, the Natchez Trace. Trace. And there he became a respected architect and builder. He married a woman named Anne Greenleaf. They had four children. And he passed away in Natchez in 1819 at the age of 43, which is pretty young. Yeah. But maybe back then not. I don't know. Right. A building he designed in Natchez, the Auburn Mansion, is a National Historic Landmark. Ooh. So if he wasn't the murderer, uh -huh. then who was? Who, who was? His brother. Uh, yeah. So I've had that thought, too. Maybe there's lots of possibilities, right? Like maybe Levi did want to marry her and maybe Ezra was like, absolutely not. And he was like, you're my business partner. We've got to get rid of her. She's going to ruin our lives. Mm -hmm. And either Ezra did it and Levi had to go along mm -hmm. or maybe Levi was complicit. Yeah. Because again, Ezra, she would have just been too beneath him. He would not have approved right. of this wedding. Um, but beyond that, if there was something going on with Elias, that's mm -hmm. another one or any of the other men. Or, you know, I think I've said this in other episodes when it's just a completely unsolved murder or disappearance. Yeah. Maybe there's just some other factor we completely don't know. Yeah. Maybe there was some other man or maybe a woman who was attached to a man that Elma was involved with or any number of things. Yeah. Maybe she was a drug addict. I don't believe that. <laughs> no. But maybe she was. And maybe there was someone who tried to rob her or who knows. What we do know is that her murder is still unsolved out there they didn't really look into anything anybody else besides levi weeks i mean he was indicted within a week of her body being found the last thing is that the manhattan well still exists except now it is in the basement of a building in soho one of the articles said that the building was a restaurant but that one was kind of an earlier article i believe now it's a clothing store of some okay. kind and a lot of people have no idea it's there the woman who owned the building had read about the story and she was like, hmm. and she went looking mm -hmm. and discovered like when they started excavating it and discovered the well was still there. Mm -hmm. It was just had been buried. So now it's there and you can go see it, but like it's not advertised, right. you know? So I think that's pretty cool too. I wish I had known about it. I mean, I've been to New York twice just for like book yeah. stuff and it's been years ago that I would totally have gone if I had known. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's the story that's so fun. of Levi Weeks and Alma Sands and the very first recorded murder trial but in the United States. As soon as I was like, oh, this is that case, oh, I, had, yeah. I had to do it. It's our thing. I know. Hamilton's our GM. I know. Oh, and that reminds me, if you're on the Patreon, Good today gosh. also, you'll, you know how we love those Hamilton sing-along videos? 
Um, we have one last one. Well, I bet it won't be the last, but it's one oh, that yeah, we recorded a while ago. Can't stop pulling stuff. Yeah. This used to be our thing. If we had a bad day, it was like, you know what? Just to get ourselves like in yeah. the mood to record, let's turn on some Hamilton. And we would like sing we and dance and be goofy. Like, one or two songs and it would turn into like a 45 minute Hamilton. And the camera would be going because we were going to record an episode. Yeah. And they would be like, yeah, just let's just wait a few minutes. And we would end up having like 30 minutes of us just mm-hmm. <laughs> goofing off to Hamilton. It's amazing. So we've released a couple of those videos and this is another one today. So I thought this was a fitting time to give the Patreon That's another perfect. silly Hamilton video. It is perfect. Enjoy. All right. Thank you all for listening. Yeah, we love you all. So we much. love you. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.